welcome to i love an audio i'm alex alvarado thank you for listening it's saturday there's ooh, how many days left? how many days left it's march 2nd 182 days until emu plays future mac opponent but currently a non-conference opponent for the last time umass uh obviously that's going to be the point of discussion me and justin uh who you obviously know before uh, he and I had already talked about it earlier in the week. We talked about it the night of the news becoming official. Things just kind of like really snowballed heavy this week. The MAC is up to 13 full members starting with the 25 to 26 school year. There's a lot of will they, won't they when it comes to Western Kentucky. And then if that goes positively, we look to the rivals, Middle Tennessee. The Mac is on the move. There's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts, you know, in a lot of different directions, especially with UMass because they have really, really passionate fans for, you know, dedicated, passionate reasons for their football teams, for their basketball teams, and not not multiple football teams. You know what I mean? And it's a huge step down on the basketball front. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I do want to get into the conversation that Justin and I did have. What I will play right now is somebody else who has thoughts on this UMass thing. And it's not somebody who's in the Mac right now. It's not somebody that's over at UMass. It's somebody who was in the Mac. And it's somebody who did compete and is competing against UMass in basketball right now. Keith Dambrot, he was one of the better Mac basketball coaches, he left a really good Mac job in Akron for a really poor A-10 job in Duquesne. After the news was made official, him and his team, he had their they had their game, and the media, somebody asked him, hey, your thoughts on the whole situation? I'm just going to play the clip, and then we're going to go to the conversation after. Again, uh, thank you for listening. I'm curious on your, your perspective based on news this week that UMass is going to, to the MAC in a couple of years. As someone who spent over a decade in the MAC yourself and now in the A10, what's been the, the biggest difference adjustment wise that you've made coming to A10? And what are your thoughts on what UMass is going to have to do when they go to, to the MAC in a couple of years? Um, it's a, it's a, a great question because when I was in the MAC, we played Coach Dunphy when they were at Temple because they were in. in as a football member, and they had to play four games a year in the MAC. And then we also we didn't play UMass, but UMass had the same deal. And ultimately, the MAC told them, "Look, if you want to stay in football, you got to join." And so, what happens with these schools like, you know, Temple, and and UMass is, you know, they have to make a decision: are they gonna are they gonna stay in the A10 and be independent in football, or are they gonna go football? And so it's a it's an interesting question because the and again I got to be careful they're going to be mad at me when I say this but I always tell the truth this is not one of the best years in the MAC so the MAC when I was in it was 13th you know sometimes a little higher sometimes a little less I think they're 24th right so it's one of the worst years ever in the MAC um, so there's two ways to look at it there's not many there's not many at-large bids for any of the mid majors anymore, including us. So can they go into the can they go into the MAC and dominate it 
and get an easier at-large there than they can in ours. I mean, an easier ticket to the NCAA tournament than they can in the A-10. And then how much does it affect their recruiting, recruiting Northeast guys um, to play in a Midwest league? Um, so it's kind of like the same thing Robert Morris went through. Again, I'm sticking my nose into everybody else's business, but do you stay in the NEC and try to dominate the NEC and get in the tournament, or do you change leagues? And I believe that was probably football-driven as well. So everything nowadays is football-driven. It's a little hard to understand because it's MAC football, which if you ask – so I've, been, I've had conversations with guys like Jim Tressel you know, who was the president of Youngstown State and obviously the coach of Ohio State. And we've had conversations about MAC football and what, you know, whether it, you know, whether it's worth it, whether they should be one double A, et cetera. But it seems like everybody wants to play football. So um, it's a long-winded answer, but it's, it's a perplexing, it's a perplexing, with UMass's, with UMass's history in basketball, it's a little perplexing that they're going to put all their eggs into football, really. But again, it's not my issue; that's their issue. But I, I'm an opinionated guy, so. Justin Coffin, he's in the room. UMass is in the conference. Coffin, your reaction when all this news has finally snowballed to a point where UMass is coming back to the MAC after, you know, having its trial run when it made the jump from FCS to FBS in 2012, exited in 2015, out in the cold, now is being invited out from the rain to dry off. It's back in the hut. Number 13, welcome back. Justin, your thoughts? Well, the MAC really won this negotiation, right, for the full membership? The negotiation, or was it like the, oh, okay, you – you just want a life of harsh reality. Okay, well, well yeah, see they, you later. They definitely called. They called UMass's bluff. UMass is like, we don't want to be a full member, and the Mac said, take a hike, see how you like it. And uh, the best offer was probably Conference USA, and they said, we're coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of shocked at how the, the reaction from like UMass world on the basketball side seems pretty negative. Um, I know the Mac doesn't have a strong reputation as a basketball league. Uh, UMass will help that a little bit, but it's not like UMass was tearing up the A10. Um, I know that UMass has a pretty storied basketball history, but like not recently. So, you know, welcome to the Mac. You'll probably beat Toledo. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to start. Like, is for us to just talk about their fan base, the fan base that we have to welcome in. But no, seriously, because. That was like what I was kind of paying attention to as this news was going around. Like I kind of expected, like I don't know. I kind of have been operating with the assumption that one day, one day you guys will come back home. One day you guys will come back home. And I thought that the first, like you know, the first kind of like thing that should have like sounded sirens in my head was when the Mac during Mac Championship Week made the announcement that they'd be getting rid of the east-west split and going into pods right four teams of three or four pods of three teams each how unsexy of a look is that wouldn't it be so much better if a fourth team could be added to any pods who said who said that couldn't be done they haven't really gone out and talked about how the new pods are going to be affected but 
I'm just going to assume moving forward that UMass is going to be added into one of these, probably in the Buffalo Akron Kent pod. But I digress. Focusing on the UMass fans and just kind of like, you know, people watching on Twitter and seeing how UMass fans were taking the whole thing. They were very split. They were very split because, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of it is for good reason that UMass has been. Ooh, I apologize. Uh, UMass has just been frustrated, right? Just like so self-frustrated with its spot in sports, right? Because long before it was a Mac school, it was a Yankee conference school. And I think it was a Colonial Conference or something like that. It was, you know, super proud of itself. It did really well in all these other sports. They have these deep-rooted fan bases for each sport that they play around campus in basketball, men's and women's, football, lacrosse like all these sports like they have like their own like little unique histories that all these fan bases have like grew grown up with and have been really really like proud of like all these fan bases in the mac can like really take a note at like what umass has done with itself to be proud of you know the sports that it's played over the years and the way that they like to just like prop itself up and be proud of the teams that it's had in the past but the teams of the current days, like the past 10, 15 years, have not really lived up to the glory days of old. And so the new UMass fans and like the new everything about UMass is just, you know, vibes are off on campus. That's my view over here, right? Over here in Michigan, I've never been to UMass. But vibes have been kind of off. They haven't really gotten to the football part of, or the, the success part of being in the upper echelon of football, of being in the FPS. They haven't had that taste of going to a bowl game yet. Basketball, like you said, Justin, like they haven't done so great. They haven't done so great in the A-10, which is a better basketball league than the MAC. Inarguable, right? They've really not been to a bowl game. They haven't been to a bowl game. They've not been to a bowl game, Justin. Like they're still working on that. That's been, it's been what, 13 years? Yep, and they have won an FCS national championship within our lifetime wasn't fcs it was d1 double a whatever it doesn't matter semantics and so the jump to fps hasn't gone well for them for football mm -mm. um and i think it seems to me they like smartly realize that they're not going to get where they want to go in football being out in the wilderness as an independent there is exactly one team in the country that that model works for Mm mm-hmm and everyone else should not be doing that. Nope. Because and that team is being quoted the by like, academy the Big Ten and the SEC. So if you're not like drawing interest from the Big Ten and the SEC at the exact same time, uh, don't do what they're doing. Even Army left. They 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 didn't even want to be independents. Like they're not in a business right now. They're the Army. But yeah, I mean, so like these different fan bases like have different priorities, right? But the money part of it isn't really important to you or part of like the whole conversation. If you're just focused on enjoying your sport, which a lot of these UMass people have. So like the basketball first fans, you know, they are so focused on the dip in competition play and the Ken Palm rankings and like what the spreadsheets are going to say and all this stuff. But I don't know there in some conversations that I've had in DMS, it's been like, Hey, they're just not seeing the full picture, right? They're just not seeing mm-hmm. the full picture of like what the football move does here. But like, I think that's what kind of sucks here is that it's the football that's 
they they don't want to have to like move on from like playing Rhode Island or Providence or St. Bonaventure or any of these other schools, right? Mm-hmm. Just to play Toledo in football. I don't know. I mean, I get that there's a lot of frustration. I understand it. I think there's a lot of, you know, I think both sides, the the basketball first fans, the football first fans of UMass, I think they're both looking at each other and doing like a whole like Spider-Man meme thing here where they're both saying, you're not seeing the full picture here. You're there's not probably seeing some my point of view. Reductive, there's probably some reductive views of the Midwest going on there as well. There, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Like just beyond the actual sports. But I do empathize with that, though. Like if you do want to play Rhode Island and things like that uh, in some of these other sports. Um, I understand this. Uh, but if you want to make a jump in FBS football in a region that doesn't have a lot of FBS football, that's kind of the price you pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this move to me kind of tells me all I need to know about whether UMass is going to keep staying serious about football. Because if they weren't, this is not something you would do. No, I mean, like, I think it, it's a huge loss for basketball. And I do want, I do like, I'm not going to focus too much attention on it because I'm not a huge college it, basketball guy. But like, is it though? College basketball has really big non-conference schedules. I think you can still play. You can still play a regional schedule over there. Well, here, here's and, and, what here's how I'm how I'm going to view it though. Like, it's a loss for college basketball because it's as much of a win for college football, right? Because mm-hmm. I think I think of this as a win for college football in that any marginal win that inevitable as it may or may not have seen, right? Uh, even though it's the worst conference is adding the worst football team available out there and it's not going to move the national needle really like in any direction in terms of like fan interest or whatever. Like it is growing, it is expanding, and it is at least adding to competition in areas where the MAC was on the verge. I shouldn't say on the verge of, but it's not like it was a prosperous place, right? It wasn't obviously thriving. It wasn't obviously adding at the time either because so many of these recent moves from UMass, from Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee not working out the first time a few years ago, like it looked from the outside in like a stuck conference that was only moving down. And so if it's going to swallow up any school and say like, hey, we're adding, it's it's a net positive in some direction, then it's a win. A win is a win. And for as much of it's a win on one side, it's a loss on the other. So for the A-10, for a conference that obviously I don't have too much affiliation with, I don't have too much recognition with, um, it's losing one of its members. It's not losing its best basketball school, but it is losing a very important one to that region. Uh, One with, a you know, obviously a huge fan base, obviously one Mm -hmm. that shows up for its games, obviously one that's going to be missed whether you like them or not. Um I don't know which which school I'm talking about on the other side of UMass in this conference is, but, you know, if you're the A-10, you now have work to do. You now have work to do. You now have work to say, we can't lose to football. Like, we just lost to MAC football. What the hell? <laughs> and what's the quality Absolutely. of A-10 on the whole versus the quality of MAC football on the whole? Right? So, like, through that lens, 
Yeah, I, I would look like that. If I'm the A10, I'm looking at that as a huge loss. Well, I read your comment more as like it's a loss for UMass basketball, which I don't agree. Like if you're a U, if you're a UMass basketball fan who's like looking down on the Mac as like, oh, this is um, yeah, this is a this is a downgrade, and like our value comes from the conference we play in or whatever. If you do think that highly of yourself, like why not look at this as like, oh, cool, we get to be Gonzaga now, and just build on the backs of dominating your conference right because if anything if you if you do feel that highly and that strongly about your basketball program and you feel like you can compete year in year out you're looking at going to the ncaa tournament basically every year yeah that seems it's a pretty decent trade-off for and i'm sure that's how they're thinking about it too is we get to go find a home for football and our basketball team's going to go to the ncaa tournament more frequently it's, that's a really good deal all right now imagine um Imagine you're a UMass basketball fan, Justin, and it is, let's say, it is, ooh, okay, it's February 10th, right? And it's Wednesday. No, 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 it's Saturday. It's Saturday. You, you've been waiting all week for this game, right? It's Saturday, and you lose to St. Bonaventure by six points. Are you thinking to yourself, well, beats the shit out of beating Ball State by 12, I know. I think I'd be like upset about not going to answer. You know what I mean? Like if 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 the trade off is like on that day you're alive and you experience a win over a Mac school versus like a loss to an A10 school. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to well, have to think too much for UMass fans because they're obviously smarter than me because I went to Eastern. They um, they're gonna find out real quick. Like this is I have this is a really fun thing about Mac basketball. This is a football focus. <laughs> show but like the fun thing about mac basketball is that every single year people forget that like kent state ohio and akron play really good ball and buffalo in in any given no not this year my friend sorry that's the worst team in the mac by far i don't know anything about um, basketball wait really yeah, yeah they're terrible Dude, it's, that's it's a crazy. Really, okay well it's a really depressing huh. like fall from grace there but I don't know that that's going to last forever, right? But the the more the old standbys are still there, like Akron and Kent State in particular. Like they, I think UMass is going to find out. Um, oh shit! <laughs> a lot of this league is a doormat, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are tough teams to beat. Those are usually the MAC representatives in the tournament, but Toledo's generally pretty good too. Um, it's not a it's not an awful league. Um, and in the last couple of years has flirted with like maybe between Akron and Kent State, at least they kind of flirted with maybe being like a fringe two bid league. It was never going to happen in a million years. But there were some years as of recently where like Mac basketball could have made a case that maybe it should have had two teams in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm looking at this as UMass is going to be added to the Buffalo Kent akron pod said that already to remind you what the other pods are looking like the other one is one of them is the directional michigan central eastern western we have bowling green toledo plus niu and the other pod that we're missing out on right now is uh miami ohio and ball state so we have the redford trophy and we also have the battle of the bricks when we look at potential 14th, 15th, 16th i don't know 16 i don't know i'm under the assumption they'll stop at 15 but uh, I digress. 
Western Kentucky is obviously on the forefront of conversation here because of what just happened not too long ago. Um, we can talk about that in a little bit, but also Kyle Rowland of um, the Toledo Blade has said, hey, there's continued, not just you know stagnant, but continued mutual interest between the two parties of the Mid-American Conference and Western Kentucky. Um, haven't really heard too much out loud since then. Would love it if uh, Sir Middle Tennessee State would enter the fray and also be on this voyage to join the MAC. Um, I think if we, I mean, I have like pod scenarios if uh, one or both of those schools uh, join the MAC. But when we talk about, you know, hey, next steps for the MAC because we love to move forward, we love to just like move right past like current day news, right? Uh, when we talk about what's next, Western Kentucky comes to mind. But Justin, your thoughts um, when thinking about Western Kentucky as a potential 14th and maybe just maybe somebody else as a 15th, maybe. Western Kentucky deal needs to get done and and then close the book and then figure out what two schools would make you bump off of 14 to go to 16. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything re- any reason to play with a 15-team conference. Um, and I think now all the leverage belongs to the Mac because they, I, I didn't get the sense in the run-up to the WKU MTSU debacle that the Mac really cared so much about middle Tennessee, other than its rivalry with Western Kentucky and keeping the conference at an even number. I just, I really didn't get that. And that's, that's just vibe. That's not reporting. That's vibes based observations. Right. And maybe I'm a bit biased because that's how I feel. I don't care so much about Middle Tennessee in that deal. If you can get Western Kentucky absent MTSU, which now I think you can do, I don't have any reason to think that Western Kentucky doesn't want to be in the MAC more than Conference USA. Um, go get it done, and then that's your conference for the foreseeable future. Add two full members and in, in like kind of a quiet round of realignment the g5 anywhere and set yourself up well for the future western kentucky makes too much sense just historically relatively geographically brand wise money wise what's that money wise money wise like they're and they're serious they're a serious football team like it's i i love it it's a it's a perfect move for the conference it, it just fits they just they need to do it they need to get back to that even number as quickly as possible yeah i mean like that i mean the number 14 like especially made sense when there was like that east west split because you could have like a clean amount of like teams in each division um and like western kentucky obviously like you said makes sense on a lot of fronts um also in that they like we already have a bowling green in the Mac. Why not have a second? We already have And a former Hilltoppers. Former Hilltoppers in the Mac from Western Michigan. Who explicitly changed their name because of confusion with Western Kentucky. So that's gonna be a great baseball rivalry, right? Both had Jack Harbaugh coach there. One fan base hates him, the other loves him. I mean, it's just, it just makes sense. It fits. 14 doesn't mean you have to abandon the pods, though. No, it doesn't. 
Does it not? No, it does not. Because then all you would have to do here, if you're looking at my Google Maps that I already have up, um, Mm -hmm. I I think I shared that with you. I'm going to change Western Kentucky to the color green to match these other schools. So if you just simply added them into the Ball State, Ohio, Miami pod, Western Kentucky is close right there. I mean, that's the closest pod right there, right? Yeah. What's the scheduling impact, though, of having uneven pods like okay how about you still rotate them around you still you can still rotate them around plus like one straggler it's still gonna it still ends up being okay yeah you're right i'm trying to think of a way that we can get to like two fives and a four (laughs) i don't think i don't think that's gonna be without without splitting the battle of i-75 again because i think all right Let's let's forget about like resumes and all that stuff. Let's just talk. Let's just talk sports for a second. Let's just talk about college sports. Uh, how big is too big for a conference size? Like sixteen is where like the balloon is. Like, should I blow any further? Sixteen's probably too big. Right. Okay. So we've established. Or like a- the. Okay, I think you're right. Sixteen's like the point of no return because I can talk myself into the Mac getting to sixteen if it wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like, and then even to revive to point, Max Soccer, even Max, long point, live Max just Soccer. Like, it's just yeah. At some point, it's just gonna kill itself. It's just too many people uh, hanging out all the time like that. But in terms of sports, like sixteen just kind of makes sense. Anything less also makes sense. Anything more, what are we doing here? Like we're just getting too fat. I think the four pods, if you can just like except that they can get as large as four teams each. I think it'll all work out. I think that's a good place to be at. You can still find a way to like rotate teams around and still have like a good enough scheduling impact where like the presumed freshman can still go around and see all their max schools within his college lifetime as a fan, as an athlete too. Right. Cause that was, a big scheduling concern. So, um, yeah, I would, I'm hope... sort of re- Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. What's your question? Well, I, I'm re like, I've been reading into this whole thing as like the max set 13 and it's not going to stop. But like, talk me into the, the idea that like, like you're just saying, we're going to tack UMass onto the, and make one fourteen pod. Is there a possibility the max just done here? And they're like, no, nah, we got someone that we wanted in a region that we wanted, we can make it work scheduling wise. Cause we got rid of divisions um, and we're not going to add anybody else. I I'm, I'm personally going to read as like the initial report that we saw is like, Hey, that's, that's real smoke for, for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that report wasn't just like him sitting on his couch and being like, Oh, let me get people excited for my newspaper. Like I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's what he's doing. I think someone told him to say that. Is there any? Would there be any reason for Western Kentucky to not accept a solo invitation to the MAC? Is there any reason to believe that whatever people's intentions are over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, couple of days, whatever the case may be, right? Um, Western Kentucky's for sale. They've previously said, the athletic director has previously said, um, hey, 
if it made sense for us to agree to join the Mac this year, obviously it would make sense for us to join the Mac, you know, in the future. So I don't see if I don't see a scenario where uh, if we were invited again, we would say no. So I think Western is, I'm sorry, Western Kentucky has proven that, like it just wants out of QSA. I'm sorry, it wants out of the CUSA because CUSA is a scam. Uh, CUSA is not a place where even UMass was even allowed in. Uh, CUSA is a place that has been headquartered probably at like five different places. And, and by five different places, I mean five different states. CUSA does not have like a real brand. It is totally just there just so the FBS can say that it has 10 conferences. And we have this other one, this flagship one that is a collection of, you know, FCS tryouts. Uh, Kennesaw State, welcome. I think CUSA, if you're the Mac, if you're the Mac in any case, right, you have to think at some point with knowing that, like, we just watched, like, the Pac-12 Pac just, like, essentially die. We didn't know that that could happen. Maybe we need to gear up for a future where there's only eight of us left and then maybe seven. But we need to be one of those eight. I don't think the Cuse is going to last very long, man. Like, I just, I don't know how it has been, like, duct taped together over the course of our lives to still be standing somehow. But it is not, in, like, does not have the same integrity that it was introduced with, if it was introduced right. with integrity at all. It's it's just strange to me that, like, it, there's sort of this, like, will they, won't they with WKU. There's this like, oh, well, you know, they're not the, the Conference USA is stabilized. You know, it's not they're not as anxious to move as they used to be. And I I kind of think that's right. Like to call a spade a spade. Yeah, there's just no way in hell they think like, I understand the max reputation, but like there's no way in hell anybody think they want to go down to Sam Houston State and Kennesaw no. and do all that. No, no. Like what's. Like, if you look at the CUSA's roster, right? Like, and I know this is coming from, like, the ivory tower of, like, you know, a Mac football watcher's chair. I get it. But, like, what is, like, the future outlook for half or most of these CUSA schools if they're not attached to the CUSA somehow, right? Like, yeah. could, like, Liberty could probably survive without CUSA, but... If it's not for CUSA, what business does Sam Houston have at the FBS level? Right. And yeah, unless like, CUSA wants to just be like a wayward home for your your FCS transition. But they're and that would be a bummer because I am excited to see those teams kind of grow and see if they can find success. But like we know what works at the G5 level for conferences. It's like some combination of like heated rivalries and like geographic cohesion. Mm -hmm. Like I know the Sun Belt spans, but it spans in a way that like there are teams close enough to each other that hate each other. Mm -hmm. And it works. The Mountain West is the same way. Uh, the Mac obviously has been the same way for a very long time. And I know it finds itself at the bottom of the heap right now, but I don't think it'll be that way forever. It has a lot of stability, and these teams do hate each other. Yeah, because um, they've been playing playing against each other since, you know, since our daddies were little boys for a long time. And 
there's something to be said for that. Houston doesn't have any of that. And I think where college football is going, it's going to be really hard to be like an upstart tradition builder. And I think that's where the Mac has a lot of, the Mac is a very strong hand to play here in, in realignment because there's not a lot of newness to it. It's kind of just like the old rock. Yeah. It's just, it's just we've been here. We've withstood everything that's ever happened and every change, and it will continue to work because this is who we are. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's stuck true to its values and principles. But go on. Yeah. No, and I think... And it, it's weird to say when they just have added, you know, University of Massachusetts as a whole member. Because <laughs> um, you kind of lose some of that geographic cohesion. But, like, because you have such a tight nucleus, it allows you to make moves like that. And I think... I think you and I both agree that the Mac screwed up the last round of G5 realignment pretty badly. Right? Like, I'm kind of on record saying that the Sun Belt didn't get better because of all the fun, like, demographic reasons people like to cite about, like, the weather being better and recruits and things like that. It got better because it added a bunch of FCS schools that really were good at football. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why the Sun Belt got better. Mm-hmm. Um, as a whole, right? Yeah, no, I think like, like it's, no, Mac, it's definitely got like good football pro, good football programs that put on good football. Like we were just like so bastardized and just like considering like how much money like each game might be worth and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. like that's why I'm like, dude, Middle Tennessee, you need to come to the MAC because this is a place that, uh, you know in the face of like your stupid ESPN plus subscriptions that we have to keep paying for, we're going to play that stupid ass wagon wheel game and we're going to love it because one team's going to go home two and 10 and the other's going to stay one and 11. And like, and like we, we, we eat it up. We love it. It's fun. And a mm-hmm. hundred miles of hate is a legitimate, you know, regional rivalry that has stood the test of time that stood the test of conference realignments like not just CUSA and not just like maybe oh maybe just maybe hopefully one hopefully one day cross our fingers for the Mac right like 100 miles of hate is like a has a real history lesson to it but who's gonna hear of it if it doesn't have that match and appeal who's gonna hear of it if it doesn't have that that brand awareness because CUSA is a scam, and that is not <laughs> something that people are going to turn into to learn about the 100 miles of hate. But if they know that they have to gamble on Maxion on a Tuesday night, they might end up learning about the 100 miles of hate for once. Just picturing, like, um, I'm just picturing the Western Kentucky mascot, like, in his apartment with, like, a bunch of supplements that he bought in a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I need to get out of this. Rufus is like, I can show you a way out. You just have to convince your friend. You know, if we want to go back to uh, doing divisions, especially with uh, Western Kentucky, like if if Western Kentucky comes to the Mac, I should say, right? Um, We could do like red schools versus non-red schools, right? If you want to do a stupid, stupid little division and not do like Why not? Like, we do different we love regions regions, every year, but we also like love reds versus non-reds. 
They should, yeah, they should do different divisions every year. They should like bring in like a local sixth grader and be like, hey, how would you do this? I think these mascots are ugly and these ones aren't. These should be the, the divisions. Perfect. When people talk about um, who should or shouldn't be future members of the MAC, uh, who comes to your mind as like, yes, definitely. Who comes to your mind as no, get that idea out of my stinking face. And uh, yeah, in between, like who, who, who comes to mind for good or bad reasons? I don't have any definitely's after Western Kentucky. I am a big maybe on like, or kick the tires on if you're like Illinois State. That one makes a lot of sense to me. I just need to listen to like a lot more conversations on that because like I can be intrigued by looking at a map and like seeing how few Mac schools are already in the state of Illinois and being like, okay, one more really wouldn't hurt. And knowing that, okay, Redbird graduates are really proud of being Redbirds, but like, is it going to be worth the jump for them and for us? And that, that doesn't, that's not just Illinois state that goes for any, you know, somewhat worth it level FCS school, Eastern Kentucky. You're in the same conversation here, but I don't know if you want to jump up with Western Kentucky. I think Illinois state would work like by endowment, the school size fits other Mac schools um, care about another school that cares about basketball, um, really cool basketball arena and has had a lot of, a lot of success at the FCS level in football. Um, I like the idea of giving, giving a regional rival to NIU. So they'll like stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. They complain about the travel a lot and they're like both too good for the Mac, but not good enough for anybody else depending on the year. And like, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I would like to end that. It would be a pretty, it'd be a nice balancing move after adding UMass or something like that. Um, if you had to get to 14, if that's the number you wanted, I know this is where we're going to disagree. If all other options were exhausted, a temporary Football only UConn move wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, you you can go ahead and explain why you think that's a good reason, and I, I'll just silently disagree. It, it makes Buffalo and UMass happy. It's a certain TV market. If you care about any of that, it gets you to, um, it gets you to the number you need to, and buys you time to figure out who's actually going to be your long term member. Because if you, the max assumption is anybody who comes in as not a full member is going to leave us in the dust. And I think that's a totally fair trade off if you're not able to make the accused schools you want move. And maybe you have some FCS targets you're just waiting on. If, if I'm the Mac and I think 14 is the number it has to hit, and if UConn wants to have a home for a few years, I think that's totally fine. And that's if Western Kentucky isn't that 14th, of course. Um, no, UConn is UConn's my final choice right. in the FBS. If anybody like in the I guess regional footprint now, I'm a hard no on. I'm a hard no on North Dakota State. I've seen that one get tossed around quite a bit. Yeah, that's God. Yeah, like, like it doesn't make sense for North Dakota State. It doesn't make sense for the MAC. And I'm sorry, like if you're a MAC, if you're a fan of a MAC school and you want to win a MAC title, why in God's name would you want to invite that team into your conference? Right. Yeah, like I enjoyed being happy for a little bit. Don't invite them in. Um, 
Yeah. Let, 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 you know, let's just hammer that out just in case there is anybody listening that's like, wait, but why not let like NDSU in? Um, why not is like all the reasons NDSU will tell you up front why they wouldn't do it. Um, one, why it wouldn't make sense regionally is that they're a mountain school and not a plain school. Um, it would go against everything about the most drivable conference in, in the land where uh, it takes, you know, east to west. And this is uh, before UMass comes in. Going from from west to east, like going from NIU to Buffalo, nine hours. Going from NIU to North Dakota State, which would be like the closest drive for North Dakota State, nine nine hours. So it's it's the same drive, just just to be like the closest. Um, why on God's green earth would North Dakota State give up a life of super important? in great football that it's excelling at, at its highest level of, you know, FCS football, which is no joke, right? Why would you trade a life of being in the hunt for national championships to being in the hunt for a MAC championship and maybe like the, maybe a bowl game uh, that nobody cares about? Like, why, why would you do that? Because you get to in in the MAC, you play twelve games and then play in Boca Raton, and in the FCS, you play twelve games and play in Bozeman. <laughs> maybe maybe they're like, hey man, we just want to go get a tan. That, that's not even a guarantee. You might end up in Detroit. <laughs> that's true. Well, uh, you you North might end up, end up in, in Idaho. You might end up in the mountains, anyways, buddy. Boise is the one they would most likely end up in. Like in a in a, any in any given year, and at that point, join the Mountain West like you should. I don't know why I find like the thought of North Dakota State playing at like at Ford Field so funny. <laughs> like it's just funny to me. It just doesn't. I can't wrap my head around. Is it, it funny for the Mac or is it funny for the Lions? I can't decide. It's just there's something in my brain that goes, this is funny. I don't know why. Um, I do think, like, I don't, I, I haven't heard any, like, rumblings that North Dakota State even wants to jump to anywhere. No, no, we haven't heard that. Like, why would they? Like, why? This is just people speculating, like, oh, they're good, so they'll want to come up. But I think, like, hello, UMass, cautionary tale. Like, yeah, it's just Twitter conversations there's, at that point. Yeah, there's plenty of, like FCS examples of having a lot of success and then jumping up and it not working out or working out in the short term and then kind of being lost in the wilderness. Like ask like Georgia Southern and app state have a lot of anxiety right now, not about being an FBS, but like they're not their path forward back to the top. Isn't as clear as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And that can happen to you too, Bison. How do you get to 16 Alex? I don't know. I don't know. I've written about it already. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. I won't spend too much time, but I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I want Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee because, you know, they're them. But if I can't have Middle Tennessee, I haven't thought about it enough because there's just my, all right. So I'm just going to say 
I heard it floated once and I thought it was funny. And then I'm like, I don't know, man. What if? Like, what if? Like, and this is about as stupid as an idea as North Dakota State, but also not as stupid because what if, you know, the overinflation happens at the top of the sport and then other schools that don't make the cut just fall out and they're up for sale and this isn't like a i don't even think this is like within like a five-year imagination for me but like over the next 20 years like i could see schools just like really just not like just suffer really hard just from like overinflating at the power five power four level maybe maybe iowa state I would like to see what a world could look like if if Iowa State could just just fall. Just fall. Just fall from its level of college football and be for sale. And what if by then, you know, the Mac is still doing its thing. Everybody's still driving around in their cars, in their buses, still playing games as usual. And then Iowa State is just like, we don't want to keep flying to Colorado we don't want to keep living this life we don't want to keep doing all this extra travel stuff and then I don't know what like you know TVs and all that stuff is going to look like but I don't know Iowa State at least that's in like the Plains regional kind of footprint it would expand to a different state than Mac would um, but I don't know man I don't have like we've been doing this for a long time Justin We've been looking at this. We've been like BSing about, you know, the ideas of conference expansion, taking these com- these conversations seriously, sometimes just like being really stupid and joking about them to the point where I'm currently saying Iowa State 25 years from now, maybe fingers crossed. But I and I, and I say that because there's only so many schools in this area. Or in the like the immediate exterior areas that mm-hmm. I can like reasonably be happy with and that meet the honest to God criteria that like we're looking for. Where like it's you know, they're obvious improvements in the sports, they're obviously like within our footprint and the travabilities there, and they offer something that the Mac was missing in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like UMass is perfect in saying that what the Mac has been missing is fans that really, really, really give a shit. 10 toes down for decades and decades and decades. You know, there's some fan bases that do a really good job at that, that have been with their team. Some of, you know, some of you have like can follow their team because their parents went to school somewhere, but like UMass is just totally different. And a lot of Mac fans can, I don't know, try to take a lead from them. There is one school we haven't talked about. There's you a lot of schools probably we know who I'm about. Well, yeah, but like in a serious sense, it's a former Mac member, and the ship has sailed way too far for this oh, to ever be a thing. Oh, I already mentioned but, the conference, didn't I? But if you, if Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee join the team that rounds this whole thing out as Marshall, Ooh. and They'll never, if you look at like the Sun Belt and Mac are basically like 
diametrically opposed at this point, right? So if you're in one, you're not going to go to the other. Marshall's worth a phone call. I mean, it's it would be way, way down the line, right? But if you saw a future where the Mac gets to 16, I'm signing my up. ideal I am, world. I'm signing up for it. My ideal world is Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Marshall, and you get that Marshall and Ohio rivalry back. That to me is a is a G five conference that has big games every weekend. Mm-hmm. And you're inching closer to the DMV without actually having to be in the DMV. <laughs> kind of, but yeah, I guess I'd have to do the math. Ohio is basically east to west, like the same distance. Huntington is west of Athens, but that's that's the one. Yeah, no, I'm 100 with you. You're you're like 300 right. Marshall's the one that I wouldn't like. Say yes. I'm not. You don't have to convince me on anything else. Say less. Where do I sign? I'll even buy. I'll even buy Marshall gear. Easily. I'll I'll rewatch the movie. Which is a very sad movie, by the way. If you extremely. But Marshall's a funny one, man, because I think like part of I think it's because like we're from Michigan. It always kind of occupies a space, and it feels far away in my head. But like based on the even before you consider UMass or anybody else, like based on the max footprint, it's right there. It's a beautiful campus. Have you ever been? I haven't. It would definitely be like a good change. Huntington would be, it'd be a, a good re-add and Steinbre- Steinbrecher might go down as like the best college sports commissioner in all of uh small sports uh, history. Yeah, oh, Western's at Marshall this year. I thought it was a home game for some reason. Maybe that's maybe that's my excuse to go check it out. Um, I have on the notes one last topic. I don't know if we wanted to talk about it at all. Talk about the video game because I we didn't mention it last time because we wanted to like shake our fists at the sky over the you know the playoff and all that stuff. There's more news today. I don't want to talk about it. I just don't care. I just no, don't have the energy. I'm glad we skipped over it. it. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. Like video game. Do you, do you care to talk about it even for like three minutes? Because that's all I'm willing to give it at this point. I'm scared that I am not going to like it as much as my excitement is leading me to believe. The thing about the game is it's been 10 years. Yeah. I'm 32 now. I am 32. <laughs> yes. The last time I played this, the last time I played this game, I was a dumb child and I had a lot of more free time to put a ton of time into a game like this. You're now responsible and for a dumb child. I am now responsible for a dumb child. Yes, a delightfully dumb almost two-year-old. I am afraid that I'm going to be like, because I don't play sports games as much as I used to because they don't have, like, unless you're grinding on some sort of ultimate team or franchise mode or build a player or something like that, they right. suck. Yeah. Like, I don't have, and like, FIFA is a good example. Like me and three friends can't get online and all play together. You can only play with one other person. So it's like, there's not a lot of playability for me unless I want to go online and get my ass kicked. Mm -hmm. So I'm scared. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy the hell out of it. I'm going to dump a lot of time into it, but I'm afraid that I'm going to end up disliking it. And I really, really want to be happy. One thing that I haven't appreciated about some of the discourse is like seeing some of the 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 actual fans of the game 
and say like all I want is just a taped up version of the old game and I'd be happy with that. You waited how long and you would accept what for dinner? No. You better demand the best out of EA. Are you serious right now? Absolutely Can you imagine not. paying seventy dollars so and better. getting twenty fourteen's graphics? <laughs> I man, if I'm not getting like an obvious improvement in like play selection, playbooks, formations, plays, just ability to like juke somebody out of their shoes. Yeah, it'd be a massive disappointment and not worth the wait, honestly. I, I want should. better than what I've gotten before, especially if the wait has been 10 years. They should make like a, an NFL blitz, like arcade style college football game. Oh, that'd be good. That, that would be so fun. Like you can, then you can just pay for the likeness for the star players and then you run the game. And like ever, like the appeal of the game is like, oh, I get to play as like whoever's name is on that or whoever, whatever logo's on the helmet or whatever. And you just play NFL Blitz college style. I'd be into that. Now, do you think one thing I, I am I'm kind of worried about and like I hate doing this because, you know, and I'm sure you hate getting like pretty nervous about situations, too. Right. Like you just said, like. Hey, I'm nervous. I'm not going to like this game nearly as much as I thought it would. Like, that's us getting pre-nervous about situations. That's us, like, just planning stuff in our own head. That's not healthy for us. But, like, when it comes to, like, thinking about the game's popularity and the outreach that it should have, could have, might have, the impact that it had on our culture before, right? Because you could walk into GameStop, you could, like, play the little demo right there in the front. You know, you could test it out for a little bit. You could walk past. If you're not a real college football fan, unlike us, who, you know, maybe that was your entry point in. Entry point in was, you know, going to GameStop and, like, seeing it on the shelves and seeing, like, shoelace on the cover. Right? Like, maybe that was your entry point. I don't. I don't know if that's going to, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. That that doesn't exist anymore. I had to explain walking into a GameStop and playing a demo video game just now. Just in case somebody out there is like, huh? I'm 14. I don't know what that is. Our experience with video games is very different now. But um, I think people, like, over the past couple of years, though, like, when they talk about, like, the NIL connection of this, it's been a lot of, like, hey, EA is, like, worth so many billions of dollars, rightfully so, right? Um, and they're giving out crumbs, whatever, for money, for NIL payments, take it or leave it, whatever. Oh, man, they're going to sell so many units. This is going to be so popular. This is going to be so popular. Are we so sure about that, though? I, I think that's my question I'm getting to. Is like, are we so sure that it is going to be as popular as we've been saying it's going to be for the past, you know, th- three years, essentially? Because I don't know, man, if you like check history and like check like when this game was actually out, when kids could be introduced to it by like walking past the the physical versions at the GameStop or at the Best Buy, like it wasn't like one of the more selling console games out there. I don't know if, you know, outside of like people who are super into it already, like how many new fans are going to be coming to this game and buying it? year after year 
It's an interesting point. Um, Because I do think the game was, like, integral to growing the popularity of college football. Or I guess, like, the depth of popularity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a good answer for that, man. That's That's definitely a wait and see. I'm optimistic about it, though. Like, I think getting, like, there's people who play Madden who maybe don't know much about college football but might want to get their hands on a different style of football video game Mm -hmm. and kind of expose them to some of these teams. I mean, I know for me, like, that's what really expanded. It, It definitely impacted, like, who I paid attention to on Saturdays or followed along, like, their scores. So if there's going to be, like... I ran a dynasty as the ECU Pirates, man. And I was invested in that team's success for like half a decade. Oh, that's right. You know, and I don't know how like how much we've talked about our old dynasties, but like now that you say that, I do think I remember you saying that you did ECU. I loved the ECU Pirates, and I remember there was mm-hmm. it was like we'd play in the video game, and they had this backup quarterback that we subbed in, and he was slinging the ball over the place. Me and my friends were like, that team is going to be so good in like three years, and it ended up happening like with that player. <laughs> And we're like, see, we learned that from the video games. Like, I think it was a it was a cool way to learn about the teams. And like with NIL, getting the actual players' names in there um, is going to, I think, increase everybody's profile in a big way. Um, although it was fun having to like look up who people were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wait, is, who's this third stringer with a bunch of speed and terrible strength? I gotta figure out who this guy is. Do you think the recruiting is going to be stupid in the game? Oh, what's okay? What do you define as stupid, and what do you want out of the recruiting? Because I've already gone on record on here and saying I want it to be like so much harder, and like I want development to be at least like more random. Because like I didn't really appreciate. I don't know. I think I got bored of like how like simple it got for me, and I wanted it to be like a little bit harder. But that's just me. I want I want one of two options. I either want recruiting to be like its whole module and you can make it as complicated as you want, where you can dig into the backstories of every player, um, decide like how to build NIL collective, super complicated, or super simple. Set some sliders on like what your approach to recruiting is, and then at the end of the recruiting cycle, the game says here's your twenty-five players based on the inputs you gave the system. Like, give me hyper, hyper complicated or super sim. Nothing in between. I don't know, man. Hope is fun. I, uh, I I am curious on just, like, a lot of things, like, how you can customize it. Like, I don't know. I wonder how you'll be able to customize, like, your postseason, your conferences. I already said playbooks. Oh, yeah, because you used to be able to do conference realignment mm-hmm. in the 14 version. Oh, yeah. Um, you had to. Are you kidding me? You weren't doing it right if you didn't. You had oh, to reset so your fun. Mac. See, now I'm, I'm getting more excited. I like this exercise. I'm getting, I'm getting very excited for the game again. And I'm doing the math of like how many hours I'm about to put into this thing. Just don't forget that you have a son and you need to spend time with him. But also, like, no, he's, you need to he's going to hang out in the room with me while I'm building a custom school. Yeah. <laughs> and spending an hour on the uniforms. Thank you for listening to another episode of Y11 Audio. If you like what I do, hit subscribe. If you love what I do, all I ask for is $6 a month, and you can get it all at ipsy11.com. I'm Alex Alvarado, and thanks again.